What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Kilo Loco. And this is Iman Harut. And welcome back to another awesome episode of the Code Passionately podcast, where we talk about all things that are relevant to mobile developers. So what is going on, Iman? We got an early morning, early start yes, to our clear, day. Clear, clearly, by the looks of my face, we have an early morning. <laughs> Uh, thank you for that. <laughs> and uh, th- thank you for also wearing sunglasses so your tiredness doesn't show as much as mine. <laughs> yes. No, yeah, kidding, mine, mine just, I just look normal. And uh, yeah, you can't even tell how tired I am. But yeah, <laughs> this, the, 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 the sunglasses effect is the effect to have. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, man, how's, how's your week been? What's new with you? Uh, not much. Same old, same old. I was actually this morning, um, right before we started, I was over there watching my son play Roblox. Do you know what, do you know that game? Roblox? No, I haven't heard of it. It's like this little, it's, it's, it's a game where people can develop their own, like, um, their own worlds. And it's pretty cool. It's kind of, it, it has the, yeah, it has, it has the, it has the quality and the effects of Minecraft, but, um, essentially, uh, what it is is um yeah it's, it's just like this game where you can like build these different worlds and stuff like that so yeah um i was watching my son play it and uh he's really good at it it was really interesting so is it basically like minecraft but for younger kids uh yeah well kind of because like there's all kinds of different worlds that have been built right like when when you're able to build whatever you want like it just really takes a toll on like all the different possibilities there are it's kind of like gta and minecraft put together because <laughs> i've seen a lot of different things and there's like a five nights at freddy's version and all kinds of craziness but yeah i'm i'm happy to see my son growing up to be an awesome little gamer <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna introduce him to gta next or is that quite no no no, no 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 still too little for that <laughs> Well, you're not doing it right then. (laughs) (laughs) How about you? How have you been? I've been good, man. Uh, Mostly just relaxing lately. I I have been diving into ARKit more. So, you know, just been trying to wrap my mind around that framework lately. But besides that, just, you know, relaxing, taking it easy, eating out more than I probably should be and undoing all my gains and losing weight. But that's okay. I'm, I'm enjoying my time right now. Very nice. Very nice. Um, all right. Well, like like we said, we got a brand new episode for you. What are we going to be talking about today, Eman? Uh, today we'll be talking about indie development. So this will be for anyone who kind of wants to work for themselves in the ultimate sense and just have their own suite of apps that they get to support and customers they get to support. So they're not freelancing. It's easy to mistake that with freelancing. It's it's less about you using your skills for others and more about you having your own suite of apps and focusing only on that. Yep. And just a little bit of background with our experience with it. So neither me or Eman are indie developers. So we are going to be talking a little bit based off of what we found on online and some past experience when talking with other indie developers. So if you do have any other comments that you want to include that we didn't list here um, when we go through this episode, feel free to, um, you know, drop them in the comments and let us let let everybody else know what 
indie uh, any aspiring indie developers should know when when looking at this as a possible path to go down. Yep, exactly. Uh, we we don't have any experience with it, but we know people who do it, and we have some tips. This is this kind of is like one of those episodes where nothing we say is a rule, so to speak. These are just general guidelines, and there are people who break them all the time, and they do just fine. So nothing we're saying here is like a must or mandatory, and that's not how we're presenting it. So just so people know, that's that's the angle we're coming at it from. But general world, words of wisdom, and we could dive right in, uh, unless Kyle, you had anything else to add before I go into the episode? Nope. Let's go ahead and jump right in. Cool. So... The first one, this is kind of common sense, but I know there are there are a lot of people who are new to the industry and they might not know this yet. They might be coming in without realistic expectations. And the first guideline is that if you're interested in indie development, you should start by working and getting experience as a programmer first, because everything you're going to be doing as an indie developer you're going to be picking up and paying a lot less and learning those lessons if you did it while you're employed at a company and you're just learning the ropes there. Yep. And yeah, like we, we kind of touched on this in our last episode where we were talking about, um, uh, you know, freelancing versus uh, being employed. And um, one of the things that I had brought up in that episode was essentially when you start off your career it's really beneficial if you start in a team environment. So starting off as an indie developer to start, um, it, you can definitely do it, but uh, there you may be missing out on like a lot of things that you could learn had you been working with the team as opposed to going uh, solo from the beginning. Yeah. Your uh, another thing is just that you can't. <laughs> this one, this one's a tough one. It's probably the toughest problem as an indie developer, but you can be uh, a good iOS developer, like you reach that point in, in terms of your skills, but you know, you're still not able to like land clients or land projects for yourself even to monetize. So basically what I'm getting at is when you have a skill as valuable as programming, it's kind of useless without uh, people with deep pockets who can actually pay you for those skills. So not only is it is it good to kind of get that experience but also like in terms of just staying afloat like let's say you don't have a lot of money saved up already right like it's good to kind of start by working for others and saving up that money so eventually you could have your own business because that's basically what indie development is it's starting your own business with your own apps so yeah yeah so like just think of it this way, like even even something like Facebook, right? One of the most popular use cases of apps to have ever existed, right? Even Facebook wasn't making money like in the first couple of years, right? Like like m- apps generally don't make money um, in the first couple of years. And if they do, a lot of the time, um, you're not really breaking even until maybe like at least a couple months or um, maybe a year in because there's like a lot of time that you had invested into building the app. So during that time while you were developing, you were having to spend money on, you know, being able to actually uh, like market your app or like even just paying your bills, right? Like there was time, there was money that was invested in order to actually keep you alive 
while you were making that app, right? So um, it does take a little bit of time before you're usually going to make a profit. And it also really just, it really depends on how, um, you know, popular or viral your app is, right? Because if you go out and you make this awesome app, but nobody ends up downloading it, then, you know, then how, how are you going to get anybody to actually use it? How are you going to like have them go through, you know, any possible pay flows that are inside the app and things like that. So um, that's another thing that we kind of touched on a little bit, which was um, marketing yourself as a programmer um, in another episode. But yeah, like marketing is a huge part. And usually in order to get your app out there, it's going to cost a little bit of money unless you uh, you know, you were thinking beforehand and you decided to make, um, you know, you decided to build this app out in the open and gain a following that way. Exactly. Exactly. That's actually a good transition, especially because you touched on a little bit on marketing. Uh, we'll talk about like our, our second big piece of advice, which is basically learning the business of business, I guess, like, uh, another thing we, I, at least I would do, this isn't, I can't speak for you, but if I were going to start um, doing indie development, I'd probably start by transitioning over into like a freelancing position. And, you know, from there, I get to kind of learn more about like what it's like being more of my own boss and be, and kind of just doing things on my own, learning how to market, how to run a business, how to start a business even, and, uh, you know, doing taxes, collecting invoices from uh, clients, all of that, like, uh, are very useful skills when you want to, like, kind of start your own thing and do your own thing. It's good to learn all those things. And I like to separate it out. So, like, I could work out a company to learn all the programming skills, and then I could work at, like, uh, freelancing to kind of get more involved on the business side of things. Yeah, a lot of overlap with freelancing, like a lot of the same responsibilities, because re in reality, like in either situation, you are your own boss, right? You're responsible for making money and finding find like finding out how to do all the business and how to get the app to customers and things like that. And um, that's exactly what you do during freelancing. And um, that's another like way that a lot of indie developers that I've talked to supplement their income because like I said most of the time um you know you're not going to be making a, a profit off of your app for like right out the gate usually it's going to take a little bit of time and then um on top of that even if you do have a popular uh indie app you know especially if it's just one that's usually not enough to actually pay the bills um or live lavishly right so usually what i've seen from the indie developers that i've talked to in the past is that they supplement their income uh with doing like freelance gigs on the side so they'll be primarily working on their app but they'll also pick up a couple of clients along the way so that they can have that that paycheck and you know essentially keep them going exactly yeah uh that that's a big part of it too it's like you a lot you can't just jump right in and be 100 percent. we'll talk more on that later but that's that's a key thing it, it, it's it's a slow process becoming an indie developer unless you have like the money saved and you're willing to weather the storm of waiting a few years until hopefully not even the guarantee that one of your apps can become like your primary income 
So yeah, that, that's key. Of this, one of your apps, right? Like one of your apps, right? Like, cause even though you make an app, it doesn't even guarantee any type of income. It could have just been a complete loss, right? Um, you might think that a use case is really important and you kind of, um, you know, build a product for that use case. But uh, guess what? Like not enough people are going in, like actually needing that use case handled through an app. So I think that kind of takes us to our next point, um, which is um, identifying products that resonate with you or the customer. So you want to tell us a little bit about that, Eman? Yeah, so so just to recap before we even get to that. So the first is just get, get the skills, get the experience, uh, typically at a company. The second one is just learn the business and uh, freelancing will help you with that. You learn how to be your own boss, manage your own expectations, market yourself, all of that. So the third point we thought was relevant was uh, try to make a slow uh, transition into being a full-time indie developer. So this is basic, it's kind of tying into the previous two points, but think of it this way. You're, you're working a full-time job or you're freelancing and you have that source of income, you can start indie development on the side and grow it as a side business. And you don't need to like, you know, day one spend like 20 grand, buy the best, you know, gear and all this stuff. Just like start, start it off as affordably as possible and invest in it as it scales and as it grows, you know, like, uh, and then as it becomes bigger and bigger part of your income, and you realize like, oh, this might go somewhere, then it's wise to just like maybe quit your day job and then just go full time on this thing. Yeah. And only you can like really make that decision on when you quit your day job, right? Like obviously financially it needs to make sense um, in order for you to do something like that. But yeah, like don't think that it's an all or nothing scenario because a lot of the time, um these projects that i've seen whenever somebody does like do like start getting into indie development i've seen it where it's kind of like they're not starting off as an indie developer but they're just kind of working on a project on the side whether it be in the form of like a repo because you can be like a, a open source indie developer right you could just like um focus on building out like a really um a really helpful uh code repo and you could actually get con uh, contributors on something like github or something like that and you could um get paid through that so it doesn't necessarily just need to be apps you could just like write code that's helpful and it, you could build tools that are helpful for other developers but yeah like usually it's a side project like just something that they do in their spare time and also keep in mind that um you need to be very uh careful about the contracts that you sign whenever you work at a company to make sure that you still uh, maintain the ownership of any apps that you build outside of work hours. So um, just be aware of that too. But yeah, like do something on the side if that if, if you want to get into indie development and um, you don't even need to be in the industry yet. If you really just want to want it to start off uh, your career as, as an indie developer, like like I said, it's not necessarily something that we think is the best option to do when just getting started in the field, but it is an option if you want to, like, if you're working, you know, let's say you're working at a restaurant. That's what I was doing. Uh, let's say you're working at a restaurant. You could start putting out indie apps while you're working there. So now you have steady income, plus you're also an indie developer. 
Yeah, you kind of like lean into it over time. That That's basically the wisest advice. Uh, th- there's always the advice of when you're finally, if you ever get to the point where you want to quit your job and dedicate yourself full time to indie development, it's also just a good idea to have like a good amount of savings because you're not going to be making a lot of money for a while. And you know if your side project is starting to grow. And if that's the case, that's very good. But, you know, you always have to be ready for, you know, a sudden drop in price and competitor coming on the scene. A million and one things can happen and you need to be uh, prepared because you're going solo and you don't have companies or clients kind of throwing cash at you anymore. So you have to be ready to weather any storms that are coming up, you know. So exactly. Yeah. Uh, another one is just learn while, while you're in this transition phase, you know, you're working your way over time to doing this is to also meet other indie developers and learn from them. There's a lot of tips and advice you could learn about the app store and how to improve your ranking or, you know, another thing you said that we didn't even mention was contracts, right? Like maybe you could learn about, uh, I, I guess as an indie developer, you're not like, giving contracts to clients because you're not really working for clients, right? But you might have other third parties you're you're working with or, you know, other things you need to do that support the business. And, you know, for that, you need to kind of get comfortable with contracts. So that's another thing. Last thing, uh, at least under this transitory uh, theme is, you know, oh, we, I already mentioned this one. You don't need a lot of money. Don't 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 spend a ton <laughs> right, right at the beginning. Just scale it up as you go. Uh, do you have anything to add yeah. in terms of the transition, or should I go to the next point? All right. Well, one of the things that I did want to say is that um, so you definitely want to um, contact, or not necessarily contact, but be in communication with other indie developers. Um, you want to like just try to find other indie developers that you can can talk to about like maybe getting through the process or or what their experience was like and um you don't want to just be working in a silo because uh essentially you are going to be doing a lot you're going to be wearing a lot of different hats when you're doing indie development you're responsible for the design the code the architecture um the marketing you know uh customer management there's a lot of stuff that's going on and i would highly recommend trying to find other indie developers that might be able to share some tips with you on uh what that process is like uh how they overcame some difficulties that you might be running into and things like that so networking is going to be a really important thing to just uh be aware of when when um, getting into indie development exactly there there are just some secrets and tricks of the trade that you won't get from anyone but other indie developers so you know that's always a very that's a treasure trove that's a very good piece of advice Last point uh, is to, you know, you're, you're, you're doing this stuff and you're taking it seriously is it's just to like identify products that resonate with you or at the very least they align with the goals you have in mind. So that's just being more aware of like what you want out of indie development. Why are you doing it and what kind of and this, 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 this runs very deep. Imagine you have a product idea, uh, like what, what price are you going to sell it for, right? Like if you sell for $1, you're probably going to get a lot of customers who, you know, might be like more uh, 
I'm just going to say maybe more cheap and, and but expect the world for their one dollar and who might complain yeah, the, a lot. The, the quality, the quality of customers. OK, so this is something that I've, I've heard, too. So uh, the quality <laughs> of customers vary so drastically based off of the price point, the price point that you set. And a lot of the time when you when you undervalue your product and you make it more widely available to more people the people that complain about the product the most are uh like like you end up with a lot of people that will complain about the product um and and it's usually the people that are super cheap on on things right but if you were to focus on a smaller group and you were to increase the price of that product it filters out some of the people that would just are just going to complain about anything like it doesn't matter what you do it's it's just never going to be good enough and um you you know if somebody's willing to spend a little bit more then at least you have fewer customers that you can actually focus on and then um that will help you improve the app for it to actually be better yeah it's, it's just about like every aspect of your branding your marketing your product like are, are you targeting everyone with your app and if you are just be ready for uh, some people to be like that and they'll take up a lot of time they'll always be writing the support and expecting more and like honestly for me like that's not the type of stuff i like to deal with in my life like i would either hire customer support or i would just you know uh attract a, 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 a make it a higher bar of entry so i only attract people who are are willing to spend more money and therefore they probably value their time more that is not to say that people who spend everyone who spends a dollar on an app is, you know, uh, expects the world and all that. It's just those people tend to be concentrated on that end of the spectrum and, you know, fight me on that. So, <laughs> so just, 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 just be aware, be aware of like, what, what kind of app do you want? Is it something that's just going to make as much money from as much people as possible? Or is it more targeted, but, you know, charging more? That's, that's an important thing. But like, what do you want to do? Like, what what interests you? Do you, do you even want to do something that interests you? Like, <laughs> do you want to make like a productivity app or a utility or an Apple Watch app? Like, it could be a million and one things. And you just need to pick something that I guess is going to reward you in a way that'll keep you going, especially when the times aren't as good. Yeah, I think it's I think it's super important to note that like, you should be working on something that you actually are passionate about. You know, we say code passionately here, uh, like, but you really should like, um, I don't think that, I, I think that it's going to be a much harder time if you're, if you're planning on being an indie developer, but you're literally only doing it to, to churn out apps that you just don't have any interest in. So I think that, um, you know, if, if you need to, if, if, if there's some type of trend that you see and you want to get on it and, um, you know, put an app out there, maybe one or two, then I think that's fine. But like, I think that, um, I think that generally you should be invested in the product. Like it, it, it should be an app that you also would want to use yourself. Yeah. Like this is all about like how you want to run your business. And like, I agree, obviously, like, you know, you have to like, follow your heart especially because we live in an age where we could do that and make a killing which wasn't always true so i agree with that i i would be remiss to ignore the fact though that a lot of people just made a good money especially in the app store gold rush just coming in and making like oh like 
tap the button and the app farts for you app or a flash <laughs> a flashlight app or like these weird like one trick ponies that people it was just like i don't want to say they were like crap <laughs> crappy apps a lot of them were but like some of them but they were crappy actually, apps <laughs> they're they either crappy or they provided one specific utility that kind of got consumed by the operating system itself over time like the flashlight app but like there was like you know there was a lot of money in that and i know a lot of people are in it for the money nowadays it's not quite like that anymore now it's like your app really has to actually be useful because a lot of the basic stuff is already taken care of so if i were doing this it would kind of be like my my ship my pirate my crew like i'd want to treat it like something i'm excited about you know there'll be a certain brand image a certain uh you know audience i envision and and people i'm building this for it'll kind of be like a, a work of love a work of passion you know like i went through this issue and i want to help others with this issue i would probably do like a productivity thing but yeah like whatever it is um just you need to decide like what kind of business it is you want to run like at what point you're gonna you know bring people on all all this stuff so you know just going back to what you said kyle it, it just it does come down to picking a business and a suite of software that you you feel yourself could be passionate about for several years to come yep 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 okay uh that was my long-winded way of saying uh you know know what the hell you're doing before you do it uh <laughs> let, let's let's go go right into the audience feedback portion of the show uh we, we only have a few today uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and let you uh take it away kyle um, yeah, let me start what? off by like just reading out the tweet that we had posted out. So I posted uh, the uh, a, tw a tweet on Twitter. Um, if you're not seeing the tweets, make sure that you follow me and Eman. Um, we'll share our, our handles later. But yeah, uh, the tweet said, if you're an indie dev, what are some tips and insights that an aspiring indie developer should know about? So um, one of the things that we, uh, one of the, responses that we got back was from Andy and Andy said study your customers not your competitors and I think that's um I think that's a really great tip uh because a lot of the times what what I think a lot of people will do is they'll start off by going out there and trying to um you know they'll be like oh well I like this app, but I'm going to rebuild essentially that same app and I'm going to add a twist to it, which is which is a great way to start. But what you don't want to do is constantly be comparing your app to that specific app that you may be copied or that you think is a competitor. And what you want to do is you want to focus on what your customers are saying about your app and what they are wanting from the app. So whenever you put an app out, you can see the app store reviews and what they're saying about it. Um, I think it's, I think you can actually make your app better by just looking at what, what people are saying. And if you can identify any trends on what people are saying about the app, then you know exactly what to fix. And then as you continue to iterate over your app, you're going to actually see that your app is getting better and it's getting better in the ways that your customers actually want you to. You're not adding in random features that nobody asked for. Yeah, you need to have like your own voice and, and know what your customers want or would benefit from. Your customers might not even know what you want, right? But the point here is 
don't just copy your competitors mindlessly. There are a lot of features they have that shouldn't really be there in the first place. So it's not always the best thing to do to just follow what others in your space are doing. It's good source of inspiration, but it shouldn't just be like this blind thing. So we have uh, Peter Pullman and Peter says stamina and prepare for the worst. Uh, even success better have a scalable solution from day one. So the idea here with stamina and prepare for the worst is just, you know, obviously this is a marathon and not a sprint. Like, like you said, Kyle, like people expect to do this for a few years before seeing any sort of success. And even then success might not even be fully replacing your income or making what you were making before. So you need to be prepared, weather the storm and, you know, see how things play out. It could be success. It could be failure, but it's interesting that he says, be prepared for anything, including success, because if your business starts taking off, you're going you're, you're gonna want to make sure you had scalability in mind in the beginning. I know this is something I, I feel like people would would dispute, but I, I I don't see I don't personally dispute with this. I like the idea of making your code in a way where as it grows, it's continue to make it's easy to continue to maintain and scale up. So definitely, I think everyone should be doing that though. Everyone should be coding well and adhering to good principles so that you know if their app can, grows and lives long that it'll be a nice code base for others to bring on board and work with so yeah that's about yeah, it when i when i read when i read this one um what it made me think of was that indie development is a marathon not a sprint you're not you're not racing to get the app out what you're doing is you're spending time iterating over the app and it's something that's going to stay alive for a long time. And there's going to be a lot of different hurdles that are going to come along the way. Um, and just like Peter said, you know, in terms of like, you know, some of the worst things can happen, your app might blow up or something crazy, but also the, what happens when there is success and, you know, you're dealing with all kinds of customers, way more customers than you maybe have ever anticipated and you have to be prepared for that as well. So, yeah, just uh, just remember that this is um, a long haul type situation, and um, yeah, just be prepared when 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 you jump into indie development. There it is, and that's about it. That's all we have for today. Uh, so, uh, Kyle, go ahead and share your Twitter handle, and I'll follow. Yep. So. Once again, we put out tweets asking for audience feedback all the time. If you want to share uh, the audience feedback and find out what we're, what our next episode is going to be, uh, make sure that you follow both of us. You can find me on Twitter at Kilo Loco. That's at K-I-L-O underscore L-O-C-O. And Iman? At Iman Harut, E-M-A-N-H-A-R-O-U-T. So look out every Monday evening. We try to shoot out a question. It's usually a poll or a survey, basically uh, dealing with the next upcoming episode. So if you have any feedback or, you know, words of wisdom you want to share with us, for us to share on the show, uh, please do tweet at us and we'll be sure to include it if it ends up in one of our top or favorite uh, responses. That's right. So thank you, everybody, for watching another episode or listening to another episode of the Code Passionately podcast. And as always, go out there and keep coding passionately.